happy post-Virginia election week, you crazy people. This week, Michael is out of pocket, so we are going to have a little special with some of our favorite comedians. So sit back and enjoy. As promised, ladies and gentlemen, you've seen this guy all over the place. You've seen him. You've seen him on uh, Red Eye. You see him all the time on Greg Gutfeld. But mostly, you've probably seen him on Facebook and YouTube. He's one of he's one of those uh, comics that has one of those uh, dry bar comedy specials, dry bar. And he's got he's stacked up an impressive three million views. Holy smoke! Welcome to the Loftus Party Podcast. We got my buddy Joe DeVito. Joe, how you doing, pal? Hey, how are you, Michael? Good to hear from you. It, it's I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Now, the last time we saw each other was in uh, out in front of Governor's <laughs> Comedy Club during the protest. Yes, yes, we were uh, exercising our First Amendment rights, um, hopefully not to be soon followed by our Second Amendment rights. <laughs> right now listen this is horrible of me but i haven't checked up on on the club but i i should what's the latest with with the comedy club scene in new york city new york state are they going to open up anytime soon what's the scuttlebutt um well from what i'm hearing it's it's similar to what we're hearing from elsewhere that everyone wants to wait until after the election although i don't think they're saying it quite as baldly as they are out west, I, I think it was the head of um, whoever the educations are is in L.A. Who's, who's pretty much said, well, we'll let you know after the election, which I don't know if they're su- if they're supposed to be saying that out loud, but they are. right now. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like Epstein was going to get killed in prison. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. It's like, well, we'll see when, when the election's over, then we'll make the decision. It'll it'll depend on, you know. It's weird, though. I can see we're already off on, on a bizarre tangent. I apologize. <laughs> we'll talk about your stand-up comedy and your weightlifting. Uh, but, but it is very strange. Like, I could see it going like this. Uh, Trump wins the election, so they keep, uh, they keep mongering with the, with the COVID. They keep yeah. it, oh, they got to keep ruining the economy because so they, they don't want to admit they were, they were wrong or anything. And then if Biden wins, I think he has to do, like, a mask mandate. And then they'll lay off the fear mongering. Then they'll then they'll take their foot off the gas. But I think I think we'll have another at least month. If Joe Biden wins, I think it's another month of uh, of bad news. Yeah, because they can't they can't immediately shift into uh, in the Wizard of Oz when it went from black and white to color. It, that even for them <laughs> would be a stretch. So they have to make it look like oh we've done this thing and now you're in our capable hands and things have gotten better. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, none of which seems particularly rational to me. I mean, things are either working or they're not. Um, but it's hard to say. You know, we we're in such a strange time that I'm even second guessing a lot of the things that I do. I I feel like, you know, you mentioned conspiracy theories. This was the year that there's no way you could say to any opinion that sounds crazy. <laughs> I, I don't know what someone could come up with where, you know, when you look at the combination of things with just the, the way things have deteriorated in the in the structure of our society, and then even to go back to 
You mentioned Epstein. Hey, how's Jelaine Maxwell doing? I had a bunch of theories on what was going to happen to her, and, you know, some of them might still happen. Who knows? I See, and it's one of those things where I have to constantly remind, r- remind myself that's still going on. Like, where yeah. is all the stuff? You know the FBI raided residences and they took stuff and they grabbed and I, I saw some photographs. I think it was a it was a either a New York Times reporter or a, a New York Post reporter yeah. took from inside his apartment in Manhattan. So creepy, so super creepy. But but I'm so glad you brought that up because like I, I need an update. What's up with just Lane? Yeah, well we'll never have justice in this country until we decide how to pronounce her name correctly. It's here's the joke. It's it's like uh, it's like a hooker bowling alley. Jizz Lane. But that's not how you say it. (laughs) It can't. That's too perfect. If she actually had the name Jizz in her name, that would be too perfect. So it's supposed to be Ghislaine from what I understand. But yes, you you hear you hear people even on newscasts saying um, Gus Vaseline Maxwell. And you think, can we can someone have a standards and practices meeting? where we can decide on, um, well, my, my prediction for her was going to be, she was going to get bumped off in jail and they were going to call it a COVID death. That's the one I was, I was nursing that one, that it was going to be one of those COVID deaths where they say, and you can see here is where the virus entered through this large hole in the back of her head. You know, kind kind of the way they count COVID deaths in Baltimore and Chicago that they they right. they say we think the point of infection was through the entry wound. Yeah, that looks it looks very similar to a bullet hole, but it's not. That's that's a that's a COVID hole. Yeah, yeah, but you look at we, we kind of forgot, but Jelaine Maxwell's been on ice for a while. This is the year where we forgot we had murder hornets. Murder hornets could not work their way into the news cycle. That's how crazy things are. Dude, I got I got a bigger one than that. Yeah. UFOs. <laughs> yeah, they just kind of in on the noise they snuck in and like and uh there's UFOs. Now back to like, well, <laughs> well, wait a minute, that's kind of a big story. It's huge. It's been on Tucker Carlson. You've yeah. got you've got footage of of navy pilots like tracking these devices. There's a guy who was a a, a consultant for the Department of Defense who testified. He's like, "Yes, I've personally expe- I've personally inspected vehicles that are not of this earth." Yeah. He has, and we're like, "Okay, whatever." But hey, Trump's Trump's taxes, huh? How about how about <laughs> yeah. Trump's taxes? Yeah. Although you have to you have to take it take Michael, look at it from the alien's point of view. If there was every year to come check out this planet and then turn around and get the hell out of here, this was this was not the year to land on the White House lawn. <laughs> what if I saw a movie a long time ago on HBO that there was like time travelers and they would just yeah. come back to years that they were huge disasters just mm-hmm. to witness them. Like, hey, we're going to go watch the Titanic. Hey, we're just going to go watch this. <laughs> Maybe that's what the aliens are doing. It They're like, be. oh. This is a really good time to go. There's COVID. There's an election. There's a, a pedophile ring. This will be the best, the best yeah. time to go. Yeah, it's similar to, I guess, when the um, ladies of leisure back in the day, a fun outing was to go to the mental asylum and watch the people climbing the walls. And they actually would lead tours through through Bedlam. Really? Yeah, that was that was considered an, an outing. You would you'd, you'd pack uh, a lunch and you would go watch the crazy people. 
uh, do their thing. So that, look, to me, that's wow. the only explanation for why aliens would come to this planet. I subscribe more to what uh, Stephen Hawking said was that, yeah, if there's intelligent life out there, we might want to keep a low profile because we've noticed that on this planet, when the more advanced civilization comes to the less advanced civilization, it, it doesn't really work out that great for the, <laughs> for the natives. So I'm convinced that the, you know, any aliens would treat us with the same respect we show the average lobster. Have you have you ever met a comedian that is like eager to meet an alien? You are the you are the like the third dude that I've that I've talked to where we're just like, we should not be looking for aliens. We should not be eager for this to happen. This isn't gonna go well. Have you ever met any who's who's like a pro alien comic? Yeah, that's a good question. Um I think it's because as comics, we look at, um, we haven't really fit in too great with this current society <laughs> with our own species. There so, you go. Yeah. And I don't think, you know, when the, when the aliens land, if you have to make a case as to what your, your value is to, to raise your hand and say, well, I tell jokes in nightclubs. I, I don't think they're going to say, well, we got to keep this guy around. Yeah. They're like, put him in the pot. That, that'll be a good guy for <laughs> Stu. Yeah. It's a cookbook. <laughs> so, hey, uh, uh sadly, Sadly, Joe DeVito, I have not seen your 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 dry bar comedy special. I know, I know. It's I mean, I suck. I didn't say it suck. I suck. What what material are you doing there? What 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 did you burn? What did you burn through for our good (laughs) friends at dry bar? Well, the the whole thing is pretty interesting. I, I recorded it last year. And for those who who haven't heard of dry bar they're uh they were owned by a company that did entertainment targeting a Christian and family audiences. So Drybar was their brand for putting out clean comedy specials. Yeah. And they would fly the comedians to Provo, Utah, and you would record uh, the special. And it used to be they would put up excerpts on YouTube to drive you to the app to watch it. Okay. And I did it last year, and it was a good experience. You know, it, it, the, you get paid up front. You know, as comic, we're always concerned. I, I didn't want to do something I was doing on spec, but they were – Uh, They took good care of me, and I thought, all right, well, this was a good experience. But then in, I guess, June of this year, they suddenly put the whole special up for free on YouTube and Facebook, and it it blew up. It's got, I think, over 2 million views on Facebook and over a million on YouTube. That's great. Yeah, it's really really cool. I just wish I was able to tour behind it, but it's still nice to – Get the word out, and, and for me, more uh, looking back at it now, I'm very happy with the way the way it turned out. You know, it's it was a challenge to do a long set of that kind of material to to work clean and yeah, but it um it was it was fun, and it's it's just nice to see that there is such a huge audience for that now because regular people are even more sick of identity driven nonsense that passes for comedy now they just want to laugh they want to have a good time they don't want to get lectured to they don't want to have some 25 year old breaking down the the state of the world to them they just want to laugh at jokes and i'm i'm a big supporter of that yeah yeah oh my gosh well how much how much time did you do what was the how long was your set and then what did they cut it down to this is all inside baseball you guys for for your listeners this is all very inside <laughs> well the, the way it works is you know they they flew me out there and to do two 40 minute tapings in the same what? night yeah I, well no the same material okay i was like 
Damn, yeah. dude. Yeah, that would have been tough. That's um, a humble brag right there. <laughs> yeah, so I did two hours, totally different material, totally completely oh. clean. Well, uh, you know, I ended up changing some stuff up because whenever I've done stuff like this, of course you want to go out, you want to nail it at the first try, and then you can relax. Yeah. And, and you know, for the second one, you can, if there's something you felt you wanted to take another stab at or if you wanted to try some some alternate options. Well, the yeah. first set, I, I was a little off. And I made a bad strategic move. I thought, you know what I would love if some of my Italian family stuff went viral. So I said, go into this Italian stuff. And as I'm saying it, it dawns on me. I'm in Provo, Utah. They have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. So it was one of those things where you get two minutes into a bit and then you have to. So anyway, you have to do this hard pivot into something else. So That's the pressure the was on for the second taping, but I, I was happy with how it came out and the, and what they have posted online now i think they cut it down to like 33 minutes and and they made some good choices as to what they trimmed out so it um it looks good they do really do a nice job with it so again like i said i was i'm i'm very happy with it yeah i've i've had a uh quite a few of uh, of my friends have done it and i've i'm always like wow that's that's a good hunk of tape that's a good and then you see the views and you're like wow that's great i mean it is it's um it's a, it's good for comedy. It's good for comedy because the, listen, the, the clubs will open back up, yeah. and then and I think Dry Bar was doing a tour, weren't they? Yeah, they've done a couple where they they gathered up some of the comics who had the most views and they thought were really good for their brand. Um, it, it, like I said, it's nice because people want to. It sounds so silly, but they want comedy that makes them laugh. And I think we saw this whenever. Hannah Gadsby came out with that Nanette special. It's probably about two years ago now. Yeah, um, and it just it's it sucked. It wasn't funny, and and the the comedy industry tries to spin that as oh, there's some kind of new stand up where you don't have to laugh, and it's like just find a different word for whatever it is you're doing, and and leave the people who want to laugh at stand up comedy out of this because no, there's not a new kind of stand up where people don't laugh. What they have is a a, a TED talk or a, a one woman show. That. Yeah, not very funny. I mean, whatever else you want to say about the skill set someone like her has, uh, like she has, it's just it's not very good as far as comedy goes. Well, that's that's what it was. And I, I remember I did a video for the the Loftus Party YouTube channel when when the reviews were coming out for that. And I'm like, it's a wonderful one woman show. I actually I actually like stuff like that. Yeah, but that's what it is. And uh, you know, no, it's not. Oh, it's comedy has a new face. No. <laughs> No, entertaining one-woman shows definitely have a new participant, but she, yeah. she hasn't reinvented the form. She hasn't reinvented anything. She's charming, and she's she's likable, and all that's well and good. Here's what I think. I mean, there's always going to be uh, the majority uh, of, like, all of all art will kind of go in one direction. You know, it's like, uh, you know, pop music, and then all of a sudden people get fed up with pop, and they go, yeah. oh, here comes alternative, and oh, they they go, oh, it's disco, and then they go the other way. It's the same thing with comedy, man. It's like when everybody's doing political stuff, then you're like, please, can we just shut up about politics and just tell me how men and women are different and why dogs <laughs> are better than cats? Can we please discuss that and how hard it is to get laid in modern America? And then when everybody's doing that, you you know, ooh, he's doing political stuff and it's brave. And it's just yeah. – it's like music, you know? And and as things – this is just my philosophy. You know, there's there's a there's a radio station for everybody if, you, if you're not into that. So here's a question that I really want to ask mm -hmm. you. 
uh, is like, who makes you laugh? Who do you who do you go out and see, and you're just like, okay, that dude's funny. Oh, you know, or there's who a... makes you jealous? Who makes you jealous? <laughs> there's a couple of um, newer comics. These the, the obviously these are comics have been paying their dues for a while, but I think Sam Morell's doing some great stuff. I like Mark Norman a lot. Okay. Um, I saw someone the other day, a young woman, Taylor Tomlinson, and I really liked the way she worked over a bit. Because, you know, comics, we're the worst audiences because we usually don't laugh. We'll just go, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Because I guess if you're a magician and you see someone do a great trick, you're not, you're not filled with wonder. You start to think, how did, how did they do that? How did they turn that around? Yeah. So, it makes us pretty grim comedy fans, but there are some people who've really. I, I, I've been watching clips from Jessica Kirsten's special, and she's someone I've known for years. And just watching the clips, she still is so damn funny. She's just so hysterically funny. Yeah. I am. Uh, I, I take a lot of heat from comics because, like, I try not to watch. I, I, I don't like yeah. to watch. I don't like to watch. I don't like to watch when I'm when I'm at a club. <laughs> I, I whatever. But like everybody. Oh, uh, I remember rumblings years ago about Bill Burr, Bill Burr. And I'm like, oh, OK, yeah. cool. I'll check that guy out. I'm like, yep, that's a funny dude. That is a funny dude. And then everybody's like, oh, his set in Philadelphia, his set in Philadelphia <laughs> when he rails on the crowd. So I watched that and it was fantastic and it was wonderful. But like. And this is going to be horrible. It's horrible to say out loud. But like as a as a partial craftsman of, of stand up, like I saw I, I could see exactly what he was doing and he knows yeah. exactly what he was doing. And every comic knows exactly what he was doing. <laughs> he just, thank God he had the the sports background to rail on. If you guys haven't seen it, you need to see yeah. it. Bill, Bill Burr uh, in, in Philadelphia. But anyway, dude, uh, it, it's too funny. I had always watched you. I did Red Eye back in the early days. Yeah. Uh, and then I was in L.A. and it was very hard. And, like, then you were one of the, the first, like, comics that I saw on there. And then I, I see you all the time on Gutfeld. You always make me laugh. And then I was at Governor's uh, one night. And I think you were going to be there the next night. And I was living in uh, in Levittown. I'm like, oh, I got to go check out yeah. this dude live. And, dude, you ripped it up oh thanks you just destroyed that room and i should i I just want to tell everybody right now uh you know who i'm talking about with joe devito and he's uh at joe devito comedy on twitter you gotta follow him you gotta see his dry bar special uh but yeah just you you had an amazing set and just blew the doors off the place and it's like one of the very few times like as i'm saying i don't go out and i don't watch comedy and i'm like uh Man, it, just if you guys, if you get a chance to see Joe live, you need to do it. So, so what's next? We're in this 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 oh. lockdown. Do you have? I have, uh, like one show, two shows on the horizon. <laughs> I'm not even yeah. kidding. I was just I was just in Cincinnati, knocked a lot of dust off on on the first show Friday, and then yeah. you're like, oh, okay, back on the horse. We're and then having fun after that. So what's on the horizon, my brother? Well, I'm just starting to to book stuff. Obviously it's been hard for the clubs because they don't know how they can open and then not get shut down again. Nobody can prepare for that. Um the thing that's concerned me the most is that I was looking at my calendar and then it dawned on me, oh, I haven't been sending out my availabilities. <laughs> I've just <laughs> 
I, I kind of got in this low functioning mode, which I think is one of the dangers of these lockdowns is that it turns us into these zombies where your, your days start to lose shape and, and you don't have the purpose, you know, for us, it was hustle, get the gigs, you know, did I, was it, when's the last time I was at this venue and all that stuff. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm digging back into that. I've got uh, next month, I guess no, starting November 19th, I got uh, Comedy Castle in Michigan. Mark Ridley's always been great. Fantastic um, club. Yeah, it's one of Ridley's the best. Great. Um, so now I'm just starting to to fill the calendar back up again. Um, I've been doing some of these outdoor shows. Yeah. And what's nice is I think comedy is going to go through a weird moment. And, and this moment may take a year or two. But I think what could be positive is that People who've been doing stand-up as a means to get to fame are going to just start doing something else because it'll be too hard a slog. They'll either just focus on their TikTok or their podcasts or whatever makes more sense. And it'll be nice because they'll get out of the way and it'll go back to people who really love doing this. And then when the world opens back up, hopefully those people won't be taking up the space for people who really like doing stand-up. They'll, they'll have moved on to some other, because I think, I noticed that, uh, you know, when I started, he's 19 years ago, comedy was in a down phase. And if you did it, you did it because you were just a weirdo who needed to go up and tell jokes. Yeah, yeah. But then about 10 years ago, I started to hear new comics at open mics talking about development deals in Montreal. And I thought, you don't have any jokes. What are you, what are you talking about? So yeah, get the, get them out of the way because they're not part of this real thing that we do. Uh, I agree, and and the and the competition is going to get so fierce. You would, mm. it, I was looking at the calendar for who's coming up at the Cincinnati Funny Bone, and it was Brian Regan. <laughs> yeah, is doing four days. Gary Owen is doing four days. These are people who are just they're theaters. They're exclusively yes. theaters, and while those theaters are closed, they're like okay. Uh, you know, like Kevin Hart isn't on the schedule, but like Kevin Hart was doing somewhere a really a much smaller venue, and it's like the those those heavy hitters are going to come back to the clubs just because they love doing stand up. And yeah, the TikTok people and the YouTube people and the people who are just in it for uh, they think it's going to be an easy way to get famous. It's not going to work out. Joe, thanks for doing the show, man. Thanks sure. for being here. People got to check out your Dry Bar Comedy Special. They got to follow you on the tweeters at Joe DeVito Comedy. Uh, dude, you're crushing it. Hopefully, I hope to see you at Governor's sometime very, very soon. Yeah, back at the home club. We'll keep our fingers crossed. You know, like I said, I think something's got to give over the next month or so. And then yeah. we'll take it from there. Well, you know, you can't plan too far in ahead, but all you can do is try and get ready. Just get that new material ready to rock. I think about that every time I'm out in a park somewhere yelling at a bunch of people like a crazy person thinking, all right. Um, you know, it, it reminds me of something my mother said to me years ago when I was complaining about the business. She said, you know, no one makes you do this. And I thought, oh, she's got a good point there. <laughs> you know, So <laughs> if you're not doing it because you have this weird love for it, then now's your chance to get out. But I think the people like us who just just scratches some itch we have we're we're you, you won't be able to get rid of us yeah yeah besides i've i've looked at regular jobs i can't go back to doing that yeah none of the skills i had even apply anymore <laughs> i mean my my 
My last corporate job was I wrote direct mail for Book of the Month Club, and nothing in that sentence is still around. <laughs> I might All as well right. be a milkman. There you go. Hey, thanks for being on the show, buddy. It's always great to talk to you. Take care and uh, and and let me know about uh, upcoming gigs and stuff, and I will I will sure. plug away, my brother. Awesome. Thanks, man. Good talk. All right, have a good one, buddy. Take care. Get to Kohl's and take an extra 25% off Adidas for the entire family. Plus, with an extra 15% off, get up to 50% off the big one bedding. And save on Nike athletic shoes for kids. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, limited contact store drive up. Right now at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Offers valid July 17th through July 26th. 15% offer with promo code Big Savings. 25% off Adidas. Offers and coupons do not apply. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Look, it's hard being a Democrat. You got to make tough decisions like, do I vote for a socialist who'll destroy the economy? Or do I vote for a socialist who's totally insane and will destroy the economy? Well, for the rest of us, here's an easy one. Donald Trump. It's a fact. In Trump's America, more people are getting a paycheck than ever before. Six million new jobs in three years. That's one new job every 12 seconds, 250 an hour, and three billion in value every day. No wonder the guy's filling stadiums. As promised, ladies and gentlemen, we got him on the other end of the line here. We got the one and only Sean Farish. Sean, what's going on, bud? Hey, Mike, thanks for bringing me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, not much. We're just down here holding it down on Long Island, um, having fun at the same time, as you can see, and I'm sure we'll, t- we'll talk about. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it's all good. It's all good things, even though, even though you know, the state of the country may, might be uh, pointing in a different direction. It's all good things here. You know, we're fighting. Uh, we yeah. have, uh, we're optimistic, and we're getting ready for our local elections in, in about nine days. So it's exciting. Woo. So now I just got to give – the listeners a little backstory. So here's how here's how this goes down, you guys. You know I'm always talking about the America First warehouse and doing events down there and all the cool stuff. And here's how it works out. So over the summer, I'm going down to do an event at the America First warehouse. I go in and there's a bunch of dudes in there uh, in the warehouse wearing these loud majority T-shirts and they got they got Newsmax on. And there's a dude just crushing. Now, there's some good Trump impressions out there and some impersonators. There's a dude on TV, uh, and it was you. It's it's friggin' Sean Farish just crushing. I think you were on – I think they took like a five-minute segment, and it became like a half-hour segment. (laughs) And it's too funny because like someone had just shared one of your videos – and then, uh, you know, the, the loud majority pe- people, which are, we got to talk about that as well, because that's what I'm really that's it, what I love about it is like you guys have a really positive can do. We're not going to sit on the sidelines, you know, sensibility. You guys get out there and you go after it. And that's what we're doing at the Loftus party, too. And I just dig that, like, you know, the America First Warehouse and that that media complex that that's going on there. I just dig the whole vibe, man. And 
and and your Trump impression is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, uh, I guess that was I don't know. It was a, it was in June. I guess it was a, like uh, June eighth, June ninth, or something like that. Greg Kelly had me on, and uh, and yeah. then I came down to the warehouse. Joe was saying, "Come on down." Everybody was down there. We were getting ready for uh, to talk about the July event that we were going to do down here, that July fourth uh, weekend thing. That went really yeah. well. That was a lot of fun. Um, and the, I mean, yeah, it was, I didn't expect to be on there for that long. Um, and then it became uh, it became this whole uh, production on on Greg Kelly's show, and and that kind of that kind of thrust things forward. And then it's just this TikTok and Twitter and all that. The videos just go flying. It's funny when I do it, I hear me obviously because I know it's me. But everyone keeps telling me every time I close my eyes, people don't know <laughs> who it is. My friend's sister, believe it or not, who I've known for seventeen years, <laughs> she texted me last night and goes, "I got fooled." I said, "Fooled by what?" She said, "Well." Uh, Joe was listening to it across the room and I thought it was Trump. <laughs> like, That's yeah. hilarious. So it was, uh, it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I you mean, know, we're, we're, we're fighting, like I said, and like you said, our, our attitude, loud majority's attitude is that, you know, there, there was a time where maybe we could sit on the sidelines and see what happens and evaluate it. Those days are over. Yeah. You know, we know what we have to do and we have to get out and get involved. Everyone's got to get involved. And it's, it's funny. You can get involved. On a, in, in your local politics, like ha- helping out a candidate, you know, like we have Dominic Thorne in, in District 7. We have we have Ray Tierney, our DA uh, candidate out here, and we're helping them. We're walking for them. We're getting out there. We're volunteering. We're distributing information to, to voters trying to get out to vote. Or you can go ahead. You can get involved in your school boards, right? Because that's not politics per se, but it is still civic engagement. You're still getting involved in some sort of the process to yeah. make sure that things are, are going the right way. And so a lot of people here on Long Island are doing that, and it's it's really great to see. It's exciting, and there's just so much energy in an off-election year. It's incredible. Yeah, dude, I was just I was just up in Michigan helping this uh this this kid. I say kid because he's, he's he's like in his he's in his early twenties. Uh, Dylan Pescarolo, who's running for state rep up in Michigan. It's like every level there's something to do. Now I, I want to get back to like the TikTok. You were telling me that like. You guys were like mailing out T-shirts and you just decided to do a TikTok. You're like, ah, I might as well. It's late. I might as well just do a TikTok. And what was that one? Was that the Taco Bell one? Uh, well, Taco Bell was funny. I was driving Kevin home um, from uh, from something we went to uh, that night and he was hungry. So I said, OK, we'll stop at Taco Bell because I had already one time ordered McDonald's like Trump uh, yeah. for him one night. We were we were looking into uh, Smithtown uh, school board stuff. And it was like, I'm hungry. All right. Like Kevin's right around the corner from uh, McDonald's. So we jumped in. We went and I ordered his McDonald's like Trump. Uh, <laughs> I wanted two McChickens. I think it was two McChickens. You got to order. <laughs> no what's, lettuce. What's, what's, what's Trump's <laughs> order? What did you order that night? Uh, well, that night at McDonald's was two McChickens, no lettuce. And uh, what was it there? Sour cream or something along the lines of? These Taco Bell was the sour cream. Two big chickens with no lettuce. Uh, it was it was interesting. And then the Taco Bell was the night. It was, it was a couple weeks after that, a couple months after that. And I said, I'm going to do Trump again. Kevin's sitting there half awake, but he wanted Taco Bell. And I said, I said, can I have two well-packed quesadillas? I started going in this whole thing about quesadillas. And I want a colossal amount of hot sauce. And the person on the other side was dying. And I guess it was the next morning. Uh, the GPS, which I did in my buddy's truck, just in two takes. It was a, 
if you go make a left on Sawtelle Boulevard and if you reach Bernie Sanders, you've gone too far left. Okay. And so I put that in and it went, it went berserk and somebody else took the video like off of TikTok and posted it on Twitter and was like, who is this guy? So enough people at that point in time had come across my TikToks and been like, well, we know who this guy is. And they started yeah. tagging like crazy. And that went nuts. And then the Taco Bell one from the night before went nuts. And that became the Taco Bell one became my first TikTok that hit a million views, which was interesting. And from that point forward, everybody was jumping on. There were these massive names and accounts on Twitter that were all about it. You know, the cat turd account, um, uh, the poppy Trumpo account. Uh, uh, and then, and then like Jenna Ellis got involved. Juanita Broderick, like there are people that I never thought ever would speak my name or know anything about. And then they're like, this is so funny. Uh, and so then I put up the, a couple of days later, the Klondike bar, which went I, crazy oh, again. The, I, I haven't heard the Klondike bar. Do a bit of the Klondike bar. Yeah, so the Klondike bar was was Trump basically, quote unquote, endorsing the Klondike bar. And he said, so what would you do for a Klondike bar? And then we got to like, I started naming people. I said, uh, Dr. Fauci would say he'd never wear a mask again if he could just have a Klondike bar. And stuff like Kamala Harris said she would visit the southern border for a Klondike bar. Uh, <laughs> and I think one of the ones was... Um, Sleepy Joe said he would stop sniffing people's hair if you gave him a Klondike bar. We know how much he loves ice cream. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it, that went crazy. And, and then it just became, you know, putting out new ideas and stuff. I usually go on TikTok live yeah. and I have people watching and I go, listen, let's just, let's just improv. Let's just do stuff. Like, tell me what you want to hear. Trump doing the auctioneer. And some of it's good. And some of it's like, all right, this might not work. Um, but you now, know what? I, dude, dude, it all works. There's so many, cause like, I do impressions too. I have most of mine are like dead people, right? Like Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> but like what I dig up, it's it, you know what you know what it is with yours, and like I'm I'm gonna work, I'm gonna work on a, on an impression, but it's just gonna be me doing an impression of you doing Trump, dude. It's it's the sucking in, it's the it's the air suck between the teeth, and it's the little trail off at at the end of the sen sentences, and it's like. It just, it kills me. And, and it's the mundane stuff. Like I would like, hey, I'm going to ask you a question and, and you must answer as Donald Trump. Do you have opinions on microwave pop? Who's making the best microwave popcorn out there, uh, Mr. Trump? Well, I have to say, uh, I've known him for a long time. Microwave popcorn, you're talking about Orville Redenbacher. He's a fantastic person. Uh, I've known him for a while. Uh, I call him Mr. O, as when you think about it. Because when you open your mouth wide, it makes the shape of an O. And so, uh, and the only person with the capital O, everybody's got a lowercase O when they open their mouth. The capital O is Rosie O'Donnell. She's like Pac-Man. She eats everything in sight. And uh, I've seen her go through a pack of Orville Redenbacher, the popcorn. I've seen her go through a pack uh, in, quite frankly, seconds, quicker than anybody thought possible. It's, uh, yeah, microwave popcorn. I, had, I mean, obviously that wasn't prepared. <laughs> no, it's Dude, it's so, it's so awesome. It's so what hilarious. The, Mike, what was the one? Pop Secret? Was that one of the ones that was out there? Was that a, yeah. was that a uh, Pop, Pop Secret, right? It's like Top Secret with Pop Secret. Pop Secret. You know, the only person who couldn't keep that secret was leaking James Comey. Okay? He leaked these <laughs> for <me. laughs> It's, uh, yeah. it's, but that's how, dude. It's the uh, it's the 
it's the crazy, like the how you can make the connection between the Big O and Rosie O'Donnell and and Pop Secret and tough. It's it's fantastic, man. And I'm the, the people love this. People, I love it because people are sending me the clips, and it would be great. Like it would be great if if you were just a dude. You know, who's like, oh, I do this Trump impression. It's very funny and and yada, yada, yada. But I also love that you're doing the loud majority stuff. And this is just kind of like a a wonderful side effect. Do you know what I'm saying? Essentially, yeah. I mean, that's the best part. You know, I don't want to just be known as the Trump guy. You know, right. I want that to be funny and that's good. And I could do that. And, you know, I'll go in front of a gas pump or bare shelves in a supermarket and, you know, and, and do something silly. And then it'll go everywhere. But what it, what I love about it is that the right people are liking it. And the right people are not liking it. You know, there are liberals. There's no such thing as a happy liberal. They don't exist. Yeah. Uh, and and they come on Twitter. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you know, you, you the reason you sound like him is because he's an idiot too, and so are you. And I'm like, are we really? Yeah. You can't laugh once. Like, <laughs> what is your problem? <laughs> Whatever. You can't believe that. But um, but the right people are liking it. You know, the the people that also see that we are doing real things and making real impacts on Long Island are liking the videos. They're they're seeing yeah. it. They're going, wait a second. It's funny, but hold on. There's a whole other side of this that's going on here. And that's what I really want. I want I want to be funny and I want to put videos out that get views and that's great. But I really want to turn it around with regards to what's happening in 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 America. Like, you know, the Last year we got started because Trump was running and we figured, hey, you know, let's just get the energy up and get out the vote. And then and then when the election happened and then after the election and we get past January and we get into into the middle of of winter and people are looking for something to do because they're like addicted to the energy. And it's yeah. like, OK, now let's start to figure out where we're going to hit next. And we decided around April that it was going to be school boards because we heard a lot of people starting to talk about critical race theory. And we said, hmm, I wonder if that's going on over here. And it absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, and now that's the I mean, think about it, it, it from a national issue, aside from maybe Afghanistan and inflation, like critical race theory is right there. We were doing that. We were hitting on that since April when we flipped three seats in Smithtown and about maybe two, three weeks after those seats flipped, the, the rest of the country started, you know, they, they zoned in on Loudoun County in Virginia uh, they they started looking at um, different uh, states that were banning CRT, but here we are. I mean, we got some stuff. There is there is a CRT story here that involves, you know, Panorama Education and the Attorney General and his son-in-law and all that. That that whole company here on Long Island's happening. I mean, we're getting to the bottom of it, and little by little, dripping it out. Uh, but Loudoun County, it's it, you know, Loudoun County with the the horrible thing that happened in their one of their bathrooms. Yeah, well, you just just stay tuned because Long Island is going to be. Front and center, I think, in in some of this uh, critical race theory stuff, because the information that we have is damning and there's more to come. You know, there's more information I'm about to be sent from somebody who's essentially just feeding me info from one of the trainings that they're training administrators on. So, you know, and then any way we can take a stand and any way we can make a difference is is, is what we want to do. You take and Yuri from the KGB, the whistleblower, Yuri Bezmanov, says all you got to do is indoctrinate or, or, or educate 15 uh, a 15 to 20 year process, one generation of kids, they get out of school, they graduate, they run for office and now you're stuck with them yep. and, and the process is complete. We're never going to get invaded from a, from outside, right? Because too many people own guns here. So what they're going to do is they're going to try and collapse it from within. 
And it's been the Soviets' plan since, you know, since they were a thing, you know, the 70s and 80s. It's been, it's been their plan to just infiltrate and bring it down from within. And that's exactly what's going on in all forms here. Military, in the workplace, you're getting these diversity, equity, inclusion trainings. Listen, diversity is great. Equity is impossible. You can't guarantee the same outcomes. Inclusiveness is great. That's, those are the principles that were already written into our documents, our founding documents. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all men and women. That's as diverse and, 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 uh, and inclusive as it gets. And yet we have people, we have teachers that are teaching at local colleges here that have repeatedly in articles that they've written and posted in a public forum tried to discredit the author of the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson, because he existed in the age of reason and the age of reason existed at the same time as the, uh, the slave trade. I mean, yeah, and uh, the, what, <clears throat> these, was, this is the education that's happening here. Yeah, so, and I, I was shocked. Where's, where's the, the Jefferson statue? That they're gonna, they're gonna, they're t they're gonna take it down. New York City, it's in City Hall. They're taking yeah. the Jefferson statue down. And I tell you, you know, what, when, and, Trump, and Trump when Trump said Trump it, was what talking he said about it. that he months said this, ago, everybody acted in, like he's crazy. He said it in Charlottesville. Yeah, I think it was Charlottesville, which was when they told him that when he said that uh, they said that uh, white people were uh, white supremacists were fine people, which is not what he said. He came right. out and he said, you know, we condemn racism, bigotry, and violence in all forms. And and there were also good people who accidentally got caught in the middle of all the crap. You know yeah. what I mean? Which is, and he was saying it on both sides. There were good people on the left who were peaceful. There were good people on the right who were peaceful. And then there were lunatics. And they yeah. said, oh, he called white supremacists good people, fine people. You know, that's a hoax. That's that's nonsense. It's not what he said. And he mentioned there, well, when are we going to come for Jefferson or George Washington? When are they going to come for that? And they called him what? A conspiracy theorist. They're coming for Jefferson. It's happening. We're seeing it happen. So, again, one of those things like the lab leak, like uh, CRT, like this Thomas Jefferson situation, when they say you're a conspiracy theorist really means you're you're about two years ahead of the curve and you're going to wind up being proven right and vindicated very soon. Like Rand Paul, like the people who said this came from a lab, but we funded the gain of function research. I mean, the NIH has now come out and said it. So where's yeah. the conspiracy theory? It, yeah. it, it's killing me. And so, well, I think we're we're both with uh, with the people who are you know listening, and they go to the Loftus party, and people you know, with the loud majority. It's it's like I'm I'm glad that there's people like us out there being active and going after, uh, you know, the people behind the critical race theory and teaching that, and school boards, and and you know our local elections. And then we also have to do election integrity at the same time, which I think we can. And and I'm glad that, you know, we're both doing well. I, I want to ask you this, though, before we run out of time, who all I have to imagine uh, somebody from the, the Trump camp has reached out to you about like the, the, I, I have to imagine uh, you're about to make a trip down to Mar-a-Lago because like the Donald has to know about this. People have to be telling the Donald about this. And it's just a matter of time till you guys do an event together, right? Are you feeling that? I'm feeling it. Um, I, I don't want to say who it was that I spoke to because I, I don't want to throw the name out there, but I did speak to somebody. Melania. They, it, was, it was not Melania, okay? <laughs> it was not Melania. Although it would be funny if Melania said, you know, you sound more like him than he does, so that's kind of scary. It's kind of <laughs> scary. Uh, but uh, there was a person I spoke to, and this person did tell me that, hey, uh, the big guy says you're 95% there. Uh, and work a little harder. So, oh! <laughs> so, so uh, uh, I you know, what his criticisms are. No, I, you know what it is. I think that's, I think that's him being him, yeah. you know, and just kind of 
just kind of trolling right back, and I'm cool with it, as I'll play. You know what I mean? Like, that's oh, not yeah. a bad thing. Um, but like I said, people like uh, Jenna Ellis have, have been very supportive of it, and they think it's funny, and uh, uh, a, a lot of uh, – I mean, Dave Rubin retweeted the Bear Shelves one last week. It was um, – He's not really in the Trump camp, but he's a big name. But there are people within that circle uh, who who think it's great, and they have passed it along to him. Well, uh, yeah, here's I, here's the great thing, and here's what it is, dude. And like, because everyone reacts differently to impressions. Like, I remember when Gabriel Iglesias did an impression of George Lopez, and it was coming from a good place, dude. Yeah. It was coming from a good place, and George. Did not dig it at all. So you never know how the, you know, the subject is go is going to take it. But it sounds like, you know, the big man is into it. It sounds like, you know, the Donald is into it. And that's always great because, you that's know, what? Good thing. Yeah. it's not coming from a mean place. It's not coming from it's com and, it, and that's completely transparent. And that's what makes it different. There's a lot of people doing uh, you know, horrible Donald Trump impressions, but they come from a place of it's like negative and down and yeah. do the uh, I I'm just glad like the 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 bare shelves one is like Sky News Australia. That's yeah. just I love it. Yeah, it went to Australia. And like you said, you know, it's not coming from a bad place. I mean, I literally just dedicated, I want to say, 58 weeks of my life, the last 58 weeks of my life to trying to push Donald Trump's agenda and make that and make that, you know, something that we can all get behind. Right. So uh, and I think I think those, uh, you know, n those uh, people closer to him and him himself, who I would imagine, probably know that uh, they see what we're doing. Obviously, it mean, you know, we don't mean any disrespect by doing it. Is he a little silly sometimes? Is he he's Donald Trump, right? I mean, he's boisterous. He's he exaggerates. D Dan Bongino says it perfectly. He's from Queens. This is what yeah. you have to do if you're from Queens. You do that. And I get it. You know, Long Island, it is what it is. Well, I love him. You know, I think he's great. Um, uh, you know, we've been asking for how long, right, that we want a president and a politician to just speak their mind. We got one. And now all of a sudden that's not good enough. I, I thought it was so refreshing the last four years. And now yes. we're now we're stuck with this. They can't even do press conferences in a real room. They have to build a set. So so what are we doing? You know, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Dig it. Sean, thank you so much uh, for taking time out of the day. Uh, what's a what's a good website uh, where people can learn more about Loud Majority and what you're doing and just keep in contact? Yeah, so go to loudmajorityus.com. That's the website. But uh, be warned, anybody who's listening, do not post that link on Facebook because uh, we're making so much of a difference. Uh, that we are actually, our website has been uh, marked as spam on Facebook. So just posting our website on there is a community guidelines violation. Wow. <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, it's a, it's a badge of honor. Um, but uh, head over to our, our Facebook, which is Long Island Loud Majority. You'll find our community page. Uh, our Instagram is at Loud Majority, and our Twitter is at Li Loud Majority. I mean, everybody already knows where you could where you could find my stuff. Wherever you find it, you find it. Um, but the, our website is the big one, LoudMajorityUS.com. Go on there, sign up for the newsletter. You will get our notifications every time we do a stream because we do the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Uh, and uh, and you'll never miss a thing. So head over to there. Just don't post it on Facebook because you might get thrown in Facebook jail. Okay, now if you could do one, just do me one solid. If if maybe, maybe uh, Mr. Trump would say a, a few kind words about the Loftus Party podcast. Well, it's a fantastic podcast. Okay, Loftus, uh, what do you think about it? He's a friend of uh, the very funny, 
Greg Gutfeld, and uh, we love Mike. Michael Loftus is a very funny person. He's hilarious. Uh, and quite frankly, the Loftus party is one of the greatest parties. You know, it's greater than the Democrat party. It's better probably than the old Republican party. The Loftus party is going to be a party that advances the America first agenda and uh, turns America into the great, uh, wonderful country that it once was and that it will be again, believe me. Dude, that's so great. The wonderful <laughs> Sean Farish, everybody. Sean, thanks so much. Uh, loudmajority.us.com? Loudmajorityus.com. Okay, loudmajorityus.com. Don't put it on Facebook or you'll get in trouble. Sean, thanks again, man. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'll see you guys soon, okay? Thanks so much. Looking forward to it. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thanks. As promised, we got him on the show, the grand master of Nashville comedy, the Colonel <laughs> Sanders of laughter, How do you the, do? the goatee with the joke E, <laughs> <laughs> Reno Collier's on the show, my, my buddy Reno, how are you doing, man? I'm good, my brother, I'm good. Yeah, life's been treating yeah. you during the during the lockdown, during the, during the Wuhan it's it's better. I've been out on the road the past couple weeks. Okay. Um, okay. That's been, a good sign. Yeah, it's been freaking awesome. Um, it's different. Like you know, you have to wear a mask in until you get to your seats. Then you can take your mask off, have fun on the show. You got to pee. You got to put your mask on to go to the bathroom. Come back. But dude, people are dying to get out. Like they are on fire. I mean, yeah. The crowds have been amazing. Now, and, you know, okay. it's different because they're spread apart, but it's freaking so much fun. Now, you know that I played the Addison, Texas Improv back in May. You know that, right? I do. Yes, sir. Yeah. I was on the cutting edge. Of that. I was very proud of that. Very proud of that. Now, where, where, where were you playing? In May? I was playing at a construction site. Where were you last night? Uh, Birmingham. At the Stardome? Yeah. Yeah, and that place holds like 450 people normally, but at half capacity, it's still freaking great, man. That club is awesome. It's off the charts. Okay, so um, I got to ask you this. is the, Have they changed the state? Here's what they were doing in Dallas. Here's what Addison is, is in Dallas. Uh, they just didn't seat the front row. I just had six feet away from people. Now, here on Long Island at Governor's, my 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 home club on the east coast they have like these big plexiglass things hanging down in front of the performer from the stage so it's like it's like you're in an aquarium i don't dig that well and see like in birmingham the stage is probably five feet high anyway sweet so you're up above it's it's a theater it's like one of the old school vegas style where it's tiered up and people nice. go, so it, it's easy for them now the week before that i was in chattanooga the club is smaller. The stage is still really high, um, but and it, and it gives you the distance. Um, but man, the people that come out have been locked up like us. Like, I, honest, Michael, I don't know what I even said the first half hour of one show I've done in two weeks. 
Like it's just <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't drink anymore and I've been locked in the house and then I've just been working construct. Like it, it, it just is so, I try to find a silver lining and stuff. Like this is almost like a God wink. Like I've kicked out so much old material and, and it's filling it. And I'm not doing COVID jokes. It's more really? like me being locked up jokes. Well, it's not about, for it's just, it's just not registering in my head. Like I'm not doing mask jokes and stuff like that. It's, but it is about me being locked up in my house and just watching stuff on television and, and murder documentaries and about working construction and trying to, you know, make a living. Cause I couldn't get unemployment. I couldn't get anybody on the phone. And then they'd send me to an office and there's nobody at the office and they tell me to call the number back and I lost it. And one of my buddies is a builder and I hadn't worked construction since I was 20, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm like, dude, I got to work. I'm going to kill somebody. If I sit in this house, you know, Hold like on. I'm, I'm Hold seriously, on. we, we, we got to go back to the no unemployment thing. I didn't get any either. I didn't yeah. get any, any either. And now I'm I'm like, whatever. I want to get into my stuff. Nothing drives me crazier than these bureaucratic, what would you call that? Like a scavenger hunt. It's like a, it's like a scavenger hunt. You go to one place and they go, oh, no, this isn't the place you want to go to the other place. Oh, no, you, not me. You got to call that guy. You, oh, oh, no, not I. It's what I hate about big government. It's what I hate about government. How many days of your life did you dedicate to trying to get the 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 unemployment that you were due? That you were due? Probably before I quit trying, probably seven solid days of being on hold. And and the thing is, it's like they they're like, you need to go over to the office. They go to the office. They're like, we're closed for COVID. I'm like, no shit. So is my job. That's why I'm here, numb nuts. Open the door. And they're like, we can't. And they have masks on and they're hiding because yes. I had a look in my eye, no mask on, probably foam coming out of my mouth, like banging on the glass. Like, I'm not effing kidding. Where do I call? And then they give me the number and I call the number and they're like, we have a over volume of call. I'm like, yeah, because you're not doing anything like the whole. Oh, my God, dude. The whole thing is such a fiasco. That yes. I, it's like it's like it's like everything else. They just try to wear you down till you quit. It's like eventually this and person will either go insane, and I did. You'll either go <laughs> insane, and then you know some other government program will pick you up. If you look at how the government handled this, right, and then people talk about well the post office and the bin and the post office. First of all, if people can protest out in front of the postmaster general, whatever Newman office building that they were out in front of if you can show up to that to protest surely you can show up to vote if you can stand out there you can go to your local school or wherever your voting thing is and vote but they're not going to do that they want to close the school down now there's nowhere to vote they want the mail have you looked at your mailman does he look like some sort of major security officer that can protect these votes my guy i guarantee you doesn't get drug tested because he is a freaking mess he, I can't get my bills on time. I get other people's mail and people think, well, you know, you could just mail in your vote. Everybody's going to, you know, what's <laughs> right? the difference? Yeah. Okay, and then this right? guy who's wandering around aimlessly through my neighborhood, he's going to be in charge of getting it somewhere. Yeah. I mean, this is the dumbest thing. And, and you know what? If people go, well, they just know because the Democrats are going to, you know, 
are they're the Democrats want to do it and and the Republicans don't want them to because they think they're unfair because the Democrats are going to cheat. How come nobody says the Republicans can cheat in New Jersey? It was Republican voters, wasn't it? That the guy switched out the votes for. Uh, it can I, go I've, either way. It, Republicans so can cheat. I could run amok through my neighborhood and just start checking people's boxes and throwing them in the mail. You know what I mean? It's, it's so it, it's so insane. If you my my wife's mom passed away and with a funeral, you can, you can have 10 people, 12 people. All these people have funerals to go to. I was like, what we should do is show up dressed as Antifa and no one will say shit. We can just run amok. <laughs> you know, we'll celebrate and, and we'll have the entire funeral and everything. And we'll just have masks on. And if a cop asks me, I'll tell him I live in my mom's basement and we will have this celebration of life. It is. But you can't. <laughs> Dude, I swear to God, like if I wasn't working construction, I would have already smashed out every window in this house. And I'd just be mowing cars down as they drove by my house. Like this is insanity. I, I, I love how we're like, we're just going to have fun. We're just going to talk about comedy. And, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and the clubs are great and the food's good and everyone should come. I mean, it's just, a, it's a nice way to relax. Okay. I have a couple quick anecdotes, but, but, but you're, you're joking around about the clubs are great. And the food is good. When I was in Dallas, <laughs> when I was in the Addison Improv, you know, you're backstage and, you know, whatever, social distancing. But it's like er everything's half half the size of the people. Everything's – so I ordered uh, – I, I got an order like the, the shredded chicken nachos, right? Whoever yeah. was running the kitchen, what, obviously it was a slow night, right? They only had yeah. half the amount. It was the prettiest looking nachos I'd ever seen. I'm like, someone needs to take a picture of these. It was like <laughs> Ramsey was in the back making these <laughs> Here's, the, here's the other one, just about the, the the craziness of you can see the people in the unemployment office. They're not going to answer the door because of COVID, but they're wearing the masks. But the Wuhan dude, I'm taking these online guitar lessons, right? I got this this app called Musician, uh, Y O Musician. It's really good. I really enjoy it, and I, and I got to this certain level where I needed a capo, you know, one of those things that you, you put on the guitar neck so it goes up like a, you know, a key or a half key, whatever, a step, yeah. whatever. So there's, uh, I'm, I'm going to the 7-Eleven uh, to grab a pack of smokes, and across the street's a little music shop, and I'm like, oh, they'll have, they'll have a capo there. I need one for my guitar lesson. I go over, and there's a sign, yes, we're open. The door is locked. They're like, uh, ring the bell. I'm like, oh, I didn't see that. So I ring the bell. Like a 20-year-old girl comes out. She waves to me from inside. She comes out to the street. She goes, what can I help you with? And I'm like, oh, I need a capo. She's like, okay, you have to stay out here. <laughs> so then she comes back out. What kind of capo did you need? There's different kinds. We have this. She brings out like an assortment of six of these things. And we're standing in the blazing sun on the sidewalk, two feet apart now, because she's yeah. handing me like capo after capo. And I'm just like sitting there just like laughing in my head, just laughing. Why are we doing this on the sidewalk? Like just yeah. let in the freaking building. We can yeah. st we're standing two feet away. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like when you're dating a girl when you're in high school, but she, she her parents don't like you, so you have to go to the house, knock on the door, stand outside. She comes, okay, look, yeah. Well, you can't come in, all right, but I'll meet you at the skating rink on Friday. Right? You know what I mean? Did you get the condoms? 
Yeah. <laughs> this. this is crazy. This is going to be so. I don't come in. Stay out here. Touch the capo. <laughs> <laughs> so, very quickly, I'm so glad that the, uh, there's more clubs opening. Our no, I know uh, our buddy Chad Prather uh, was playing someplace in Oklahoma, the Brick Club or the Brick Wall. If you know this place, Bricktown. Brick Town. Brick Town. Have you ever played there? Yeah. Okay, so they're opening. They're open back up. I guess there's something else open in Salt Lake City. Uh, what's the What's the status with uh, with Zanies in Nashville? They're They're open um, partially. I know I'm going to Kansas City and then Toledo uh, in the next couple weeks, and they're open. What's the club in Toledo? The Funny Bone, Dude. and then the comedy the comedy club of Kansas City. Um, okay. Yeah. So, um, hopefully Gimlet is still on the line. Uh, here's what I want. Here's what I want to know from you. Kansas. If you can only, if you ha- you can only play one club, you can either play Kansas City or you can play Toledo. Which club would you rather play? I've never been to either one of them. Really? Yeah. This is my first time. Okay. Here's this is my thing. And this is nothing against uh, Kansas City. I love Kansas City. I love the people of Kansas City. I love the club and all that stuff. This is just a game that Reno and I are playing. Now, it's not fair because you've never been to Toledo. I think, and and I love big crowds. I really do. And, and I one of the first clubs I ever started at, one of the first paid clubs I ever did was the old Hilarities in Cleveland. Oh, yeah, I remember that. 500-seater. 500-seater. Yeah. But they would pack that thing out. On a Friday and Saturday night. It was crazy. It was fun. And these improvs, they're building like Kansas City, I think, is over 400. Chicago is over 400, yada, yada, yada. They did this little experiment in Toledo that I think is very interesting and very cool. I can't remember the name of the restaurant. You go in and it's a restaurant and it's like Cajun food. And they have a, like a little band playing. They'll have like a little acoustic dude or a little three piece or whatever. And then you go through the restaurant, and that's the end entrance to the comedy club, which is, like, attached yet behind it. State-of-the-art club, seats about 240, 250 people. Yeah. Perfect. But it's all tiered seating, like, oh, in, nice. uh, like in the Stardome. Oh, yeah, dude. I like Toledo a lot. Because, I, I, like, you get you – get, a hundred people in there and it's like wow that's a it's a nice size crowd so i think you're gonna have a lot of fun in toledo dude i can't Good, wait man. to think of that club yeah i'm looking forward to dude i just want to be on st- i'd do a show on my front porch if people would come right now like i i did a, an outside show um about two weeks ago in crossville tennessee at this like outside seated little theater thing mm-hmm. and it's fun because it's intimate but you know it's 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 just I, it's just becoming the new norm to just be able to absorb and adapt. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and that's okay. I'm fine with that. You know, you got to make a living. So it's but I, I it's, it's just it's fun that getting back on stage is so refreshing. You know, and yeah. almost having time off financially it sucks, but mentally for my for what I want to talk about, it's been so great to kind of clear the slate. It's wild, isn't it? 
Like, you know? I, I used to joke about it. I used to do, like, a little aside in my act, you know, when I was, you know, bitching about stuff. I'm like, no, you guys, this is like therapy for me. This is like therapy. And then when it's taken away for an extended period of time, and then you get back on stage and you're able to, you know, speak these ideas and make people laugh. You're like, wow, this is like therapy. This is like, is. this is very, this is very good for my psyche. It is, dude. I thank God every day that I get to get on stage and do that because, you know, with for us, that's our release. That's our, you know, I can go get on the elliptical or whatever. I can smoke cigarette. I can do whatever to try to calm myself down, but nothing does it like getting on stage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a very, very cool thing. Have you done any, I see these guys doing like drive-in shows. Uh, my buddy, the, my buddy, a, a guy I know is doing one. I think he did one last night. And I'm just like, I, I don't, I don't think I'm down for that. I don't think I'm no down way, for that. No way, dude. I did one. I did a thing like that before <laughs> COVID and I, I don't know, dude. I, that's just not for me. That's what I was actually thinking about when I was telling you about the outside show. It was intimate and it was, you know, but I think our friend we're talking about, his shows are a huge party anyway. So if everybody's drunk running amok, you know. Oh, the drive-in show? I'm, t that's, that's, I'm talking about uh, Greg Gutfeld on that one. Oh, okay. No, I wasn't. <clears throat> I don't know if those are a huge party. That'd be great. Good for Greg. No, no, no. Well, his, his, you know, those people pay attention. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude, that's probably not my thing. Um, would I do it right now? Absolutely. <laughs> like I'm not knocking it, you know, but, um, it's just, it's different. I love, I mean, dude, you and I have been doing this for a long time. I like the small club atmosphere. Like when I did arenas for years with the blue collar guys, really? nobody, yeah, dude. I you did, did arenas? Tour. I've never heard any of this. This is the yeah. first time. You've never brought this up every single time we're in the car. Do you know Kevin <laughs> James? What? <laughs> tell me about Kevin, Michael. I'd like to know. Tell me, tell me all Wait about. Wait a minute. You know who Kevin what is? What is it like? What is it like being with Kevin J? I just have never heard anything. It's very, about... it's very similar to being on a private jet with <laughs> a cable guy. It's eerily similar. Tell me about Charlie Sheen. What's that like to, on a day-to-day -day basis of being with Charlie Sheen? It's is that... kind of like playing an arena show with Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> it was weird because in between the arena shows, I was hosting a show on NBC called Great American Road Trip. And then I had another fishing show and I did a Comedy Central. Anyway, I don't like to talk about me, but enough about me. Enough about me. I'm on the Bob and Tom show every week. If you want to listen, it's it's more about the people, you know? Yes. <laughs> you know, and I do. I'm sorry, Michael. I tell the same stories all the no, time. No, I love it. I, I, I know. Love but honestly, I peed 10 years ago. I'm done. <laughs> don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. You're like, you know what you are? You're like a butterfly. And before... You were just a caterpillar, and you thought, boy, this is a great life. But you now, now you're coming out of your chrysalis, and you're like, whoa, behold the mighty <laughs> monarch. Dude, I mean, I mean, like, as far as TV shows, like, I have never been happier than I am. Even with all this stuff going on, I've never been happier than I am right now. That's great. Like, like none of that stuff. It's fun. And I, we were joking around about talking about it and everything, but it didn't fill a hole that I had. 
you know, that, that kind of like TV shows and all that stuff. I thought that was going to fix everything. And it, it doesn't, man, it, it, it's all superficial and it's fun. And don't get me wrong. I loved it. And I love chasing it. And I love, you know, entertaining people and having a good time and everything, but it just, it kind of like, I don't know. I'm happier now than I've ever been. And there's murder hornets and, you know, like, I don't hold know. On, hold on, because this is I think this is very interesting and, and I'm I'm very uh, envious of you in in a, in a lot of ways. It is most recently like you and I were talking on the phone uh, a while back and you're like, yeah, I think I'm going to go back to, you know, swinging a hammer and doing construction. And I'm like, yeah, dude, you got to do what you got to do, you know. But, man, yeah. I, I think I don't know. I just think that's so. First of all, it's so cool that you have those skills and that you and that you could do it and you could make money and all that stuff. And it does, man, like nothing. So I, I like to garden. That's that's my thing. I, I like to people to bitch about building furniture from Ikea. I love it. Like because what we do as comedians, it's an idea. It's just it's words and they float out in the ether. They land on people and then it's gone. You, but like when you're doing construction and you're, you're gardening or you're building something, you're like, I did that. I love the tangible. Uh, doesn't that feel good? Dude, absolutely. I was even like we finished one house and we're moving to another one. And when the first one finished, I get to see it yeah. from the second one. And I'm like, oh, my, but it's almost heartbreaking. Like, it's like you're losing a dog. Like, oh, <laughs> man. You know what I mean? We spent so many hours in here and so many days. And I remember putting the trim work in. And now that it's all finished, I go in and look at it. I'm like, God, this turned out beautiful. You can't even see everything I jacked up. (laughs) 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 You know, like it. But it is. It's something. And then you can drive by it and see it. I see why people get so much fulfillment out of building things. And, you know, like like mechanic. I, I, I know nothing about trucks. But you know how much money you can save? If you can fix your own house and you can fix your own car for a lifetime, you are going to save gazillions of dollars. If you can grow your own food, fix your own truck, build your own house, dude, you're you're golden. Yeah. Hey, did you see uh, Ford versus Ferrari? Yeah. Loved it. Dude, I really enjoyed that movie, too. I really enjoyed it. And the the Christian Bale character... you know, a, a real guy, but you get it like, wow, he he could build the machine. He could build the car. That's what made him a better driver. Uh, that whole thing. Dude, we could go. We could go on and on and on. Uh, before I let you go, where's your where's your next performance? Where can people f- uh, find you on the Internet? And and I know you're on the Bob and Tom show every week, but just give our listeners our growing audience. Our growing audience. Dude, I know I, you're blowing up, man. It's so much fun. It's so much My fun. So where Mikey can... Loftus is little Mikey up into Loftus. Big boy. Look at him. He doesn't have to hold on to the couch when he walks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in uh, I'm in Kansas City the 27th through the 29th of August? this month okay. of August, and then September 3rd through the 5th in Toledo, Ohio. I you gotta call me from Toledo after your I first will, buddy. Toledo and let me know what you think. Reno, uh, safe travels, buddy. And then I'm going to work on putting together some dates for the, the the Freedom to Laugh show. I'd love to do some dates before the election. So hopefully you've got some availability in October. But we'll be talking. Uh, yeah, but we got we got to do some more shows before the big election. 
I love it, my friend. You know I love you, Mike. Stay in touch, Reno, and I love you more. Tell your lovely wife I said hello. I will tell you, and please tell your lovely wife to stop calling me. I'll call her back when I'm ready. <laughs> what? Why are you doing? Now we got a battle going. Okay, see you later. <laughs> see you, bye. You know, grew up in California, you know, yada, yada, yada. That's, that's all great. And you made your – how did Red Eye happen? I've always wondered this. Like, how did that show come about? And I'm, I'm going to blow a little smoke right before – I'm going to let you answer. Because here's what Red Eye did for me. And I was on uh, Red Eye back in the early, early, early days. Yeah, I think like the first month. I think so. Yeah, it was like yeah. I was from the satellite uh, in L.A. Yeah. because I'm like, this is it. This is it. This guy gets it. It's a show, and and I don't want to put words in your mouth. But what I loved about it is like it's just people hanging out who see the world kind of the same way. They're not being douchebags. They're having a good time. They're laughing, and I'm like, that is. It some college kid can stumble across that show and go, oh, these these guys are laughing, they're having a good time, yada yada yada. They just happen to be, you know, lean to the right politically. So I, I so how did that show happen? Yeah, to, 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 let me just put out to your point about the laughing thing. I do believe that when you come up when you come across something like Red Eye or the Five or the GG Show, it's instant dislike, repulsion, confusion, and then adherence. Because at first, when you hear the laughter, you think. I'm not laughing along with them until you are. If you're not laughing along with them, you hate them. And then all of a sudden something starts changing. And that was like red eye. If you didn't know any better, you thought you could mistake it for a morning zoo, like a really kind of like, Bill, what happened today? Because like, if you don't know that we're actually fake morning zoo and we're actually just like decrepit uh, people crapping on each other, you might (laughs) You might mistake, like there are people, I still get uh, like emails from people that are saying that, I remember when I listened to Red Eye, I hated it. I hated it. And then I realized that I totally misread it because they thought that we were, we were like a morning zoo, like Z100, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, Andy, Bill, and Greg. But it's actually, we were the opposite. We were like lo- self-loathing uh, um, mockeries. Of, we were Fernwood Tonight. I always say that Red Eye was Fernwood Tonight but not as good. But okay, so how it started, I, I, I'll give you the, the elevator summary because it takes too long. I was invited to work on the Huffington Post before it launched. Right. By, and I started writing for them. And it, that was a, I was already editor-in-chief of Maxim in the UK, but it was writing for the Huffington Post that got me on the radar of television because who was this guy mocking Ariana Huffington and everybody on her own website. And of course, as you know, Andrew Breitbart was running the website. And I, my, my name kind of blew up online. Everybody was like on Gawker and all these things we're talking about. Who's this weirdo on, Aria, on the Huffington Post? Yeah. So I'm, I'm writing these bizarre screeds, but I'm living in London. And then I get a, a Breitbart goes, hey, Gutfeld, you know, there's a guy that lives out there. They want to talk to you about something. And I said, sure. So I meet this guy at a bar in Chelsea, and he's, which happens a lot, 
And I go, <laughs> and he starts telling me. He starts like they like they were like basically kind of flirting, but not sure. They wanted to do a show. And to your point, it was I think the way John Moody described it was like what a drunk person puts together from their fridge at 3 a.m. Like the, the ketchup, some fucking, you don't have enough bread. You right? like, you make, you, you use the ends, loaves, the ends of the loaves. Put and some mayonnaise. ketchup in there. Yeah, peanut butter. So that, <laughs> that's how they described it. But so, um, so then they flew me over and I met Ailes and it was like an instant click because I was just like, I had done Fox and I was a concern and I go like, I know what I want to do. I, I'm a packager. I edited three different magazines, Men's Health and stuff, and Max. I know how to package things. That I'm a more of a producer than that, than a writer. And so I could I could see this thing. The funny thing is, I wrote up a whole structure for the show. And the moment we went in to, to do the rehearsals, they didn't even look at the stuff that I offered. It always comes down to five segments, one's an opener, and each block is about a topic. So it's like I had all these like I had all these like pockets that I normally do in magazines, like little segments, like, did you know that? Or just like us, you know, things that you see in magazines, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. But the funny thing is those things work as like animals are great. Yeah. Or uh, Dana came up with one more thing or uh, they're like little, if you create little packages, people get excited about them. So, on Red Eye, we made a lot of weird little things. Me with the unicorns and the weird stuff with my mom calling in, and yeah. uh, and but the you know the one thing that was great that like you know they didn't want to do, but I knew that they weren't going to give Andy Levy a job, and so the ombudsman thing, the halftime report, was my way of making sure. And also, I thought that he, I thought that he was a, a sleeper. They just didn't understand him because his. He had such a halting way of speaking. He that, and so, but that dude you know, cr just crushed me like every time. There's so many. I'm like, I'd be sitting in my uh, my house watching it. I'm like, I hope everybody got that. I really hope everybody dude, got no, that. He did, he did stuff that was over my head. And it, the thing is, it's like there was a guy who wrote, I think, for the New Yorker, um, wrote our like kind of like our obituary, and it's a great piece on Red Eye when it when it folded. And he just—I think he described him as the the olive in the dry. He's like the the, the driest olive in a dry martini. He's like it's yeah. just like it's a driest stand. And he did a great job. And then you had Bill, who was like this, you know, where like I remember walking outside back when I used to smoke. And there's Jackie Mason is walking down. He goes, "Hey, how's that? Uh, how's that broken down fella? The little broken down fella?" And I go. Bill Schultz goes, yeah, how's he doing? And it's like, like, like everybody knows the little broke. Like, it was like he had a persona. That everybody, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like when Jackie Mason comes up to you on the street and asks you about Bill Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> but he gets described as the, as the broken down fella. Oh, and it was that's like, that hilarious. Was a, that's a persona. That was a persona um, that Bill developed in and me constantly insulting him that worked out so it, it was a very good relationship um for the three of us uh to love hate love yeah. hate um and and it's it's one of those things that happens in bands and um and it's hard to capture i think on the five you 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 saw that with me and dana and i think you see it now with me dana and jesse there's like this weird connection 
uh, that, that works. And um, it's harder to do with a weekly because you only see each other once a week. Yeah. So if, like, if the GG show, let's say the GG show's on every night, you would probably see a more bizarre, um, not bizarre, but a more intense back and forth with me and Tyrus or me and Kat because yeah. you see each other every day. And, I, and um, that's how chemistry is built. So that's, it takes, I mean, I don't know how many, five years now. So it's like probably, two, what do you do? Uh, 50 shows a year, 250 shows. You do that in one year on a weekly. Yeah. yeah. No? Well, I, I tell you, I mean, I mean a daily, daily, yeah. Perino, and I call her Perino because she's not here, but Dana, I, I, I don't know if you know this. So, so they brought me into Fox and they're like, cause, and it was very cool. Cause they're like, we know you're doing stand up and we know you're writing on these shows. And would you even want to risk it and be more visible on Fox? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's the cat's out of the bag, blah, 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 blah. They go, well, Greg, Greg has some vacation time coming. Up, so you're, you're my fill in, Michael. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Dude. So check this out. I, I, I loved it. So I show up, I'm in the green room at like three 30. To get into yeah. to get into to makeup because I'm pretty sure the show tapes at four and then yeah. they air it at five and so yeah. everybody's like you're so early you're so early and then I, like yeah. I, I perform I do stand up I don't do I haven't done a lot of live TV Dana was so cool she was just like hey don't worry I'm not gonna let you make an ass out of yourself it'll all be okay you know what's funny it's like I think I mean that's very helpful. Uh, because we do that thing every day, it's like you, it's like whatever you do every day, you don't realize that it's something new for somebody else. And, uh, sometimes you will see it when somebody's on and they, their shit falls apart. And it's like, yeah. you go like, Oh my God, it's like, you need to help this person. But they're not even, they didn't even expect it to happen. They didn't expect in the middle of the set, like the, one of the things that happens, uh, and this has happened to me when I, uh, this happened to me when I did Hannity and Combs, uh, when I was living in London and this might've been 2004 and I did, so it's like two in the morning or three in the morning and I was doing Hannity and Combs and I lost my train of thought in a sentence. And when you're a guest on a show and that happens, there's almost no way to get it back. You, right. you start like, you start, you almost like, go, and, and what happens is you get into the catastrophic thinking uh, uh, it's kind of. I'm, I mean, you you must know this. I don't do stand up. I've never done stand up. But in stand up, when you're when you feel that you are bombing or something's happening, you could spiral. And that's yes. what I, I've seen. Yeah, I've done that on shows. And I when I see it happening to people, you can actually see their face. You've got to like. You've got to like. Uh, <laughs> uh, like I remember Combs saved me uh, uh, during that because uh, he saw something happening and he just dove right in and like. So nobody noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, there's that horrible feeling when you're on stage and you do a joke and you know, it's a home run, you know, it's a home. You just told the long ball joke and it like, it's, it's a little dribbler to first. And you're like, wow, my home run just barely got me on. And then you start thinking and it's when you start thinking. Yeah. It can go bad fast. Okay. I don't want to let you go ever. Uh, but, but without talking about the, your new book, the plus, you don't have to talk about it. You don't have to talk about it. Listen, I did not read it. I'm, I know, 
the guy, the guy, the guy who wrote it has a show I'm on from time to time. Oh, but we're not you like know, my thing is, you don't have to plug it. You don't because like it's like the you know what's the great thing about the pluses that was not part of my um, book contract. It was an idea that I had in the middle of the night. So it's like if I make any money off it, that's great. But I I, I made it clear. I go, I'm not interested in this being. Like, oh, we got to, but then it did great because of that. I, I, it taught me a lesson that if you don't care about something being successful yep. as much as it, and so, and that ends up just flying into the self-help uh, bestseller list. And, and it was also really a breeze to write and people really liked it because it's, I mean, it's, it was, it's a pot. What I tried to do was I like, could a miserable misanthrope write a self-help book and what would that be like? That was the experiment for me. It was like, I want to be a better person. And it happened right before COVID. And it's like, okay, I want to like, I want to, it's like uh, what your producer said about Batman becoming Batman, like learning skills to become better. And that's what, and so it ended up becoming a success just organically. I hate saying that because that's so fake. By the way, did you notice that Dana Dana has a new book out now? I did not. What's her new book? It's not, it's, it's hilarious. You've got to look at the cover. It's great. It's called Everything's Going to Be Okay. <laughs> it's like perfect, but it's a self-help book. It's a self, she looked at what I did, the little, the little idea thief. She looked, oh, Greg did a self-help book. I'm going to do a self-help book. Is but you got to look at it. It's, I think it's called Everything's Going to Be Fine. Wait a minute. Yeah. Let me just look it up. Is, the, but dog, you gotta, is but it, the dog on the cover? Is there dog on the cover? No. No. Really? Um, but, no, but let me see if I can find the uh, thing real quick. It's called, let me just do Dana Perino. I love this that I'm on Skype and you can't see me because then I can do shit that you yeah. can't see. Dana yeah, well, here's- I like when you, here, when you Google Dana Perino, you get Dana Perino husband, Dana Perino age, Dana Perino salary, Dana Perino net worth. Let's try book. Isn't that great <laughs> when you, you stuff it? It's called Everything Will Be Okay and uh, Life Lessons for Young Women oh. from a- Former young woman. Uh, so half the audience is gone. Half the audience is gone. I'm, I, I'm, we, we made fun of that, but you know it's going to – who buys self-help books, right? It's, 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 she's going to go to number one. And she just did this. She did this to get back at me for doing a self-help book. She's like going, if Greg can be positive, that's my turf. That's <laughs> my turf. It's, well, to the, to the success of the book – and like it's it's always wonderful when you're just putting out content and and you're not squeezing. You know what I'm saying? You're yes. not trying too hard. You're not pushing too hard. Squeezed. I have not squeezed. Like sometimes in some segments on the five, I'll have to squeeze. Like if we, you know, if we're doing something on sequestration. But you know what's interesting is if you don't squeeze and just see what your brain does. I've learned a lot. Believe it or not, I can't believe I'm saying this. I learned a lot from Jesse Waters. Jesse Waters flies by the seat of his pants. I said it to Jesse. I could not stand him. Like when he used to do the uh, Waters World stuff. Yeah. I I thought he was so cheesy. And actually, <laughs> no, I did. His collar up. But he's actually, he's a star. Like he's a star in the making. And, and uh, I, I really feel like he knows what he, like there's something, you know what he is? He's Fred Willard. He knows what he is. Like when yeah. Fred Willard would be himself on um, Fernwood Tonight or Best in Show where like uh, Jesse can actually walk into his own persona and flap it around. And I think that's like that's a really rare 
gift. To be, to know what you are and poke fun of it at the same time is, is incredible. Yeah. So I, yeah. That's my only nice thing I'm going to say about him. By the way, he's never going to hear this podcast. Well, so. <laughs> <laughs> most, they will. They will. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to send, I'm going to, I'm going to download this and I'm going to, I'm going to send it to Jesse. Yeah. And make sure he listens. Here's how we're going to, here's how we're going to leave off. Um, we're going to circle back around to guitars before we stick the dismount. One of the guys, I did this Freedom to Laugh uh, tour. It was uh, myself, my buddy Reno Collier, and my good friend uh, Brian Hayner. Brian Hayner's a big-time studio musician, uh, guitarist, and I, I reached out to him for help. His son uh, started the band Avenge Sevenfold, and oh, Brian's... Yeah. Say what? I know the band, Avenge Sevenfold. I know Yeah, them. yeah, but... He's got a school, uh, the, it's the Sinister Gates School, S-Y-N-Y-S-T-E-R, Sinister Gates School, and he gave me some ticks. When, when you're doing like that metal stuff, that that palm muting, there's some really cool stuff. It's all about your wrist. It's all about your wrist. Will you send me that? I'll send I'll send you a link. I'll send you I'll send you a link to uh to the Sinister uh, Gate School. I'm doing some blue stuff. Here's what I want to do. I'm I'm I want to learn to play whatever Keith Richards was learning and listening to when he was a kid. That's what I want to learn how to play. Okay, so but isn't that uh, have a lot to do with the tuning, the drop D tuning? And... Well, no, uh, Keith didn't do that till much later. Keith didn't do oh. that that open G stuff till much later. But oh. uh but this is great. This is um awesome. Congrats on everything. Uh, congrats on quarantine. On guitar, because I, I like I refuse to believe that I can't do this. You can I do it. You believe. can do it. And it's crazy. Once it's like do, once I do it, you, I'm putting out an album, buddy. I am. Oh my god, this is hilarious. I That's I just I reached out. I reached out to my buddy a couple weeks ago. I'm like, we got to do an EP. I want to do, dude. I got some Bo Diddley stuff. <laughs> that I'm right now. By the way, I, so I was in a band called Phallic Death back in 88, 80, no, 87 or 86 at Berkeley. It's called Phallic Death. I was the lead singer and it was rap metal. Think about how ahead of the time that was. And yes. we were in California and, uh, and I would sing like this. But that was like, that was before, that was around Slayer. Yeah. Good. But anyway, that's, for, we can talk about that some other time. Yeah, that's that's there was a there was a band when I was playing at the Ohio State University back in the back in the eighties. There was a this these this crazy group called the Royal Crescent Mob, and they were doing this rock funk rap fusion thing like way before the Chili Peppers were doing it. And you're yeah. just like, this is insane and it's fun and it's good. Okay, so uh, congrats on everything. I want to follow up. I'll send you the links to the guitar stuff because it'll, it'll it'll help. I'm still learning too. I'm still trying to put it all together. Congrats on the book, uh, the five. Thanks for thanks for the behind the scenes peek into Red Eye. Tell yeah. tell Perino yeah. I said thanks. I will. And I apologize in, for say what? I apologize for swearing. I think I swore three times. No, this is it. This is the place, guy. This is the place. Okay. So I don't get in trouble then. Like, I don't get a call from Fox. Uh, we heard this uh, podcast that you were on. <laughs> they, they used to do that. I, they, I don't think they have the time for that anymore. No, thanks. <laughs> I, I don't think they have the time for this one. All right, All right buddy. You're a champ. I'll have a good I one, bud.
Hope to see you soon. Yeah, I think, show. I think you just might. The Great Gutfeld Show, everybody. Watch it every Saturday. I'll talk later, to you buddy. later, bud. hope you enjoyed that little trip down memory lane and now you can go to a fresh episode over on patreon with myself and kung fu rick robinson our producer um and hopefully you'll enjoy that as well and get some information about the covid vax that you might not know